0: Are you ready, everyone? Because I sure am! G'day, <laughs> <laughs> everybody, and welcome back to the House of Mario. This encore, we celebrate 25 years of the Pokemon series by breaking down maybe one of the most negative aspects of... <laughs> With Pokemon's history over the last 25 years, which was in 2019 on the lead up to Pokemon Sword and Shield, where the community kind of, kind of lost their minds a little bit. And while it's kind of weird maybe to bring up a negative aspect of maybe my Pokemon history or anyone else's and some of the weird stuff that happened, I think it is an important thing to maybe look back on some of these things to maybe put some things into perspective. So moving forward, maybe we don't uh, do these things again. And uh, I know that's uh, some good advice for maybe some other really important things in, in the real world. Maybe like, you know, World War II and stuff, you know. Keep them in mind so if we don't make those mistakes again. But this is nowhere near as bad as that, so it's all good. But what I am, of course, referring to is the uh, Bring Back National Decks fiasco that happened um, after Junichi Masuda was interviewed at E3 2019 for the recently announced Pokémon Sword and Shield games that were coming out at the end of that year. And uh, he announced that not all the Pokemon will be available in this game. And at the time, we we're like, what do you mean? Are they just not in the regional decks? Will we be able to trade them in with a Pokemon bank or Pokemon home uh, when they're, you know, after a couple of months or something? And the answer was no. From this point on, the Pokemon are not going to be included in the games and there'll only be a certain selection that is selected by Game Freak that will be uh, in the games. And this was... Uh, This was one of the biggest things at E3 to do with Nintendo that year. (laughs) The internet just sort of lost their mind. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. I really hope my, you know, Pidav is in this game because I love that Pokemon and, you know, people just kind of lost their stuff. And I got to admit, this is a, this was a little bit embarrassing for myself. Uh, I was not in the camp of just like pure anger, but I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding. And, I mainly want to do this episode just because I want to clear some things up. Recently, I've been listening to a few older episodes, maybe of the house of Mario or episodes I was guessing on, but we're a part of, you know, around this time. And I remember talking about them and, you know, I never said anything was like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to buy those games. I hate it. Um, (laughs) I'm whatever. I'm just like, you know, I sound disappointed and I haven't like completely changed my tone on it, but I think it is worth addressing. So, um, when Junichi uh, Masuda first said that, you know, all the Pokemon weren't going to be in the games, his reasoning was that uh, the cuts were being made because Pokemon games are getting bigger, you know, the graphics are getting, you know, more to develop and all of that. So Pokemon are going to have to be ordered the cut to, you know, meet their deadlines and all of that. And while it wasn't such a big deal, like, you know, I don't, I'm not super worried about my favorite Pokemon not being in the game necessarily. But what I was concerned about was, since Pokemon X and Y, the games have just been a little bit subpar in some ways. Uh, I'm not saying that the stories, the characters, the Pokemon, the music, any of that was under under par. But I remember playing through Pokemon X and Y and really enjoying it. Played it through it with friends, had an amazing time. Um, some of my favorite music in the series to this date. It's just absolutely fantastic. And I got to the end and there was basically nothing there. There's not not much to do. There's a bit of a looker story. You could train your Pokemon and do competitive battling and stuff, but really there wasn't like stuff like there was in past Pokemon games. Um, starting off with uh, Generation Three, when I got Pokemon Emerald, there was a whole Battle Frontier to do. There was plenty of content. Then uh, Diamond and Pearl had a decent amount with a whole new resort area to go to and have fun with. Um, you know. Even like fire relief, green they added post game content. Um, Pokemon a platinum added the, added the battle frontier and had all that post game content. Like the Pokemon had a really great history of just having giving you plenty of stuff to do, keep you invested in the world, um, giving you a sort of a treadmill to maybe like keep grinding your Pokemon. So it did make it actually fun to do competitive battling. But starting with Pokemon X and Y, they sort of just like you could tell that those games were like, all right, we don't have time. To put more into it and fair enough like the 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 effort does have to be put in the story that is the main aspect but people are going to be playing so there's no point you know not putting effort into that and putting stuff at the end of the game where you know I don't know say 60% of your fan base isn't going to play or however it works out obviously don't know the proper statistics of that but um, it did disappoint me I played it and sort of didn't really play it again I played through the Kalos region two times and um, after that it sort of lost my interest because there wasn't that much and Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, there were a few features missing that were pretty pivotal to the Holland region, being the Battle Frontier and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I just had, up to that point, I was just kind of disappointed just with with the lacking things because of um, the rigid sort of development that uh, these games had to go on, unfortunately. Um, So going into the Switch version, Pokemon Sword and Shield, I was really excited for it. Brand new generation, brand new hardware, um, while the games looked pretty similar, like the, the, uh, wild area and things like that really sort of made us think like, this is going to be pretty cool. The new Pokemon are looking fantastic. Everything we're seeing looks great. Um, maybe this is a turnaround and, uh, it's going to be a direction. The series is going to want to, it's going to make us a bit happier, give us a bit more content. Um, because Dynamaxing raid battles, all of this looks great. And all of that did turn out great, but, I think um for me personally it really did sort of break my heart a little bit being like all right so these games it looks like they're taking more cuts to what there was I was like oh no and that just like oh my like, come on game freak just enough with um enough with the cuts to the Pokemon games it wasn't like oh no my meganium isn't gonna be the come over I love that meganium I've got to have it in Pokemon Sword and Shield. That that wasn't it. Like, I know a lot of people on Twitter have been like, oh, my favorite Pokemon better be in here. It's like, I no, know, guys. There's there's 400 of them at launch. You know, there's, there's plenty. There's plenty there. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I remember Bryce and I, we did an episode. Where we titled it Bring Back National Decks. And at the time, Bring Back National Decks wasn't, you know, the disgusting sort of uh, word. It was... It become it was just um it becomes something pretty serious. All we wanted was like, all right, Game Freak, maybe take a bit more time, develop the games, get the features you want in there, and develop the Pokemon. Uh, what it is. Bryce always made the argument. It's just like I'll oh, just hire more people. It, it it's it's not that easy. Just like just hire more people. You know, if 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 that was the answer, I'm sure they'll just just hire more people. I never liked saying like, to game developers or whatever, like, you should do this. This is how you do it. It's like, I'm not a game developer. I'm not a game producer. I don't work at uh, <laughs> Game Freak, the uh, the company that develops one of the biggest, uh, well, the biggest franchise in the world, you know. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Junichi Masuda has produced many games all the way up to Pokemon X and Y with uh, Black and White 2, which were some of the best in the series. So, not going to tell the man how to do his job, but... <sighs> Because, yeah, just, that, I, th- I think that's just ridiculous. I absolutely hate it when um podcasts or content creators try to like point and be like, this is how you do your job. Because like, you know, I'm a farmer. I don't want people telling me, Drew, you need to do this job. Like, dude, you live in the city. You don't really understand, you know, farming and the ethical nature of like looking after animals and all that. Like it's not all black and white with how it works. And I'm not going to do the same with game development, you know. I'm not going <laughs> to say you should do this like – it's never as easy just hiring more people because as a producer guess what that that's a lot more work for you that's another group of people you've got to sort of manage keep an eye on their progress give them like you know a task to do make sure it's wrapping into everything else it's like there's it's more than just be like oh we've got more manpower cool it's done but who knows like I said I'm not a game developer it very well could work like that who knows but yeah back then I was just really sort of like Really disappointed. That's um, I was I was actually heartbroken with this news, and um, I think a, a lot of the Pokemon community was they were either on the fence of, yes, this sucks, I hate it, or yeah, I'm not too phased. A lot of the casual fans were like, they they couldn't care less, and which is fair enough. There's like 800 and so Pokemon. There's almost 100 brand new Pokemon, um, lacking like a few hundred of the original Pokemon. It's like, who, who cares? And that's absolutely fair enough. Like just trying to keep track of them as a lifetime fan, that's a job in itself, let alone if you're new to the series or whatever. It's like, if, if I was like new to Yu-Gi-Oh cards and someone came up to me and said, oh no, like 200 Yu-Gi-Oh cards aren't in the new set. It's like, yeah, good. I I, I can only learn so many at once, man. <laughs> So, 100% uh, get where new casual fans are coming from or whatever. So, it makes a lot of sense. But um, I think for the most part, I said, you know what? I always said this on the podcast as we're going forward. We talked about it a lot. I said, I'm keeping an open mind. This could be a great thing for the series. This could free up sort of development time to move into the post game. It could keep the, the metagame for the competitive scene a lot better. And I'm keeping my mind open because... Until we get the games and it's like if, if the games come out and it lacked the content I was looking for and it also lacks the Pokemon, we're like, all right, that, that's, a, that's the blow I was really hoping it wouldn't be. But until then, I'm keeping my mind open. But as the time went on, it was getting clear that the Pokemon community was getting a little bit out of hand. And this isn't the community at large. This isn't um, content creators. This isn't necessarily big fans of the series but this is like the people on twitter who don't put up a display picture and just use it to just whine because in real life maybe they can't whine at work because they'll get fired because they'll be revealed as being a, a crap person but just like the internet was just full of it just been like you know f game freak f this pokemon sucks now um i remember something coming out that there was like a there was, like, threats towards Game Freak workers. Like, it's just, there's some vile stuff that came out of it. And for the most part, the Pokemon community has been nothing but positive. Like, there's just such a diverse group of people that play these games, enjoy the cartoon series, play the card game, just from, like, little girls to big old men, you know. just There's such a diverse group of people that play these games. So, um, it's mainly positivity that is just echoed throughout the our community here but it was a it was a hard time to be a pokemon fan because it, it it got to the point where it was like some of this stuff people were saying and just the, the rap a lot of this hashtag and all this sort of encapsulated and it was like that is what people saw the pokemon community as being it's just being a bunch of man babies who whine don't like anything and that's even that's even sort of the stereotype we're looking at today with um Brilliant diamond and shining pearl, uh, you know. If even if you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that that much. It kind of, kind of doesn't. It's not exactly what I want. Like I'll still play it, but you know, it's still not exactly all that appetizing or whatever. You know, people will jump out, jump down your throat, and be like, "Oh, you just nothing makes you Pokemon fans happy." It's like, "Oh, calm down, calm down." You know, <laughs> we can be critical and all that, but. Um, just because there's a little bit of um, critical analysis looking at something doesn't mean you're inherently negative about it but that is um, sort of what's put a really bad tarnish on the uh on the Pokemon community and it's it's been pretty sad you know I because I did have legitimate concerns and it came from a place of love it never came from a place of hate I love Pokemon more than any other series I really do um you know. But I think, it, I think it taught me to just be like, take a breath, go with the flow. Change can be good, change can be bad, but we'll find out once we actually play the games. And it goes, this this is just video games in general. Don't go by the previews, don't go by the screenshots, um, go by people's opinions once they've played the game an extensive amount of time or if you're willing to put your money down without, um, you know, before reviews or whatever, put it down and make your decision once you play the games and as a podcaster, as a, a critic of Nintendo and Nintendo software games, all of that, you know, that is essentially where I come down on the end. I know like, you know, people would write things in to the podcast or say certain things on Twitter or whatever have you in the discord. And i be like, yeah, we'll, we'll see when the games come out. We'll see when the games come out. And a lot of stuff leaked for Pokemon Sword and Shield before the games come, come out initially. And that was like bashing on the, the tree graphics, the the fact that all animations stop when you climb ladders, uh, um, you know, uh, sort of battle um, backgrounds weren't as detailed as they were in Pokemon Let's Go and just just everything was so negative around that launch. It was just, I was, I was excited for the games, but it was just like dampened so much, just pushed down by such negativity. I've never experienced um, such a negative fan base. I know like they exist. I know like, you know, whether it's like World of Warcraft gets a bad update or Destiny 2, people aren't happy or whatever. Like a lot of these communities have disagreements with the content that these companies are creating. Um, Not because they hate the game, but because they love the game. They want it to thrive. They want it to be awesome. And that's how a lot of us felt with Pokemon. And I I think so many people took it too far. And the game comes out and I play... I play it all weekend. The whole year sort of led up to this game releasing. You know, finding out it's like, will is this game good? Is it is it going to be such a disaster that those you know was it four hundred and so Pokemon are missing? Is it a massive disaster that uh, Pokemon Sword and Shields Pokedex is smaller? And regardless of whether it was affected by these missing Pokemon, playing through the Galar region. I've been thinking about this since the reveal of uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes and Pokemon Legends, Arceus. Um, I love the Galar region. I love Pokemon Sword and Shield. It's not perfect. What game is perfect? Well, I was just going to name some Breath of the Wild. No, Breath of the Wild isn't perfect either. But Pokemon Sword and Shield, I absolutely love the Galar region. I love the theme, but it's based off the UK. I love the new Pokemon. I don't think there's any that I don't like. I love the characters introduced. I love the art style. While like the wild area and stuff isn't like beautiful, I think like the battles, the um, the, like the the models of the Pokemon look really nice, vibrant, and all that. Uh, the trainers look fantastic, both in the overworld and the battles. The music is killer. Uh, the story based off um, the gyms being like really focused around battle sort of representing the football league in the UK, how it's like big battle stadiums similar to big football stadiums and how there's a league where Pokemon um, gym leaders rotate in and out. Like I always wanted a Pokemon league based more upon like a sports team. And it was so good to see that finally happen. And, and Dynamax, I think Dynamax was a really cool feature, how any Pokemon could Dynamax and become stronger be utilized in battle uh, Gigantamax, which gave Pokemon different forms and um, different use cases and different abilities with their moves was a really cool feature too. Um, that feature didn't turn out to be super useful as far as competitive battling goes for, for most of the Pokemon, but still um, a really cool feature. And I know like a lot of people are like, Oh, I prefer mega Evolutions. Like mega evolution was cooler for like a design point of view. Like, you know, Heracross gets a mega evolution and that becomes stronger. Um, just like Glalie gets a Mega Evolution and gets stronger and has a new, evolved, stronger-looking form. So from a design point of view, I think Mega Evolution was cooler. But there was only like 50-so Mega Evolutions, and that just meant the whole metagame had to revolve around those 50-so Pokemon. So like, you know, there's a lot of Kangaskhans, There's a lot of Primal Groudon Kyogre. There's like a lot of the same different Pokemon, whereas in Pokemon Sword and Shield, a lot of new Pokemon came out of the woodwork, whether it was um, Durant whether it was just like Charizard, <laughs> or just like any any Pokemon could have like been utilized in that way, and um, it doesn't take an item slot, so you're able to have a bit more variety with those Pokemon as well. So even if a Pokemon was being used a lot in Dynamax, it could have a different item, it could have a different ability. Whereas um, Mega Evolution obviously needed the the, uh, the Mega Stone to be able to do that. So um, you also, or yeah, you also only could Mega evolve that one. Pokemon, where's Dynamax? And you could be like, all right, it's better to evolve. Uh, sorry, Dynamax my Lapras because in this situation it's better. And then the next round you're like, all right, Lapras he knows it's going to do Dynamax, so then I can change it up. I can Dynamax my Extra Drill, use my um, Sand Stream ability, and yeah, just like wreck with that. So you could like change up your battle strategies now a lot more. And you know, I don't know if people agree with that, but that's personally how I felt. So um, competitive battling became really really fun to watch in Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, A lot to do with the new HD graphics and the new models, but also because of that Dynamax feature. And I think um, restricting the Pokedex, for the most part, did help a lot in that. I know when Pokemon Sun and Moon, you could only use like regional Pokemon in the Sun and Moon Pokedex. So that did restrict it in the same way. But it was also really cool when they did introduce new Pokemon um, in the DLC, the uh, Isle of Armor and the Crown Tundra. So they introduced 100 100 and so new Pokemon from previous generations in those two DLC packs. And while it seems, um, I guess, kind of weird to take something away and give it back to you and make it feel like, oh, this is exciting, but it took me back to the days of Generation 3 where um, when they finally released uh, Kanto remakes and you can get, like, the Generation 1 starters, you could get a, who's something else you can't get? Um, Clefairy, I don't know, something like that, but you couldn't access access in uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. That became really special because you couldn't get it. It was so rare. and then you can finally get it into those games through trading. And um, it kind of took me back to those days. When you're the first time you're on the Crown Tundra and you come across a Metagross, you're like, oh my God, it's Metagross. I haven't been able to catch this now. I've gone to this brand new land and I can catch it. And I felt like maybe, I don't know if, they don't owe anyone this or anything, but if Game Freak said, all right, we're, there's these Pokemon, they're not going to be in Pokemon Sword and Shield, but we are planning on um, DLC updates and you'll be, there'll be free updates for these Pokemon later in 2020. I think that would have taken a lot of the steam off of them, especially since they knew that the DLC was coming out because they they were already developing it with a second team at Game Freak. So maybe, maybe that could have been the best option. I don't know. But ultimately, um, these games... Turned out, They turned out great. I know that this isn't everyone's opinion. Maybe someone out there still has the same opinion being like, Sword and Shield sucked. Um, and it's because they took out the Pokemon and I couldn't use my Dojo. That's that's one of the Pokemon that um, still didn't make it back. So you could be like, oh, it doesn't have this Pokemon in it. But I think ultimately it turned out to be great. And I think it might be one of my favorite regions. I'm gonna to have to think about this. I'm gonna to have to do a House of Mario encore episode, ranking my regions after all the regions are done and I've talked about them. I've sort of um, remembered all the towns, the moments, the gym leaders, uh, and all of that. I think I might rank them. And I think honestly, Gala would be right up there. It's a it's a really great game, and don't know. It's, it's definitely definitely not perfect, like I've said. Just from like a, I'd like to see like a bit more polish on some of like the graphics and the and the textures and that, especially being a. Um, Switch game, but really, really fantastic game. So I think that's a lesson I've learned not to be so, uh, not to jump to conclusions so much. Not that I jump, not that I feel that I jumped to conclusions like some other people did in the community. I think some people just like lost their nuts and just made f- threats to incredibly talented, hardworking people that have been making, um, Stuff that they've loved since they've been a kid. I don't understand. i Don't quite understand that. Like, like Sword and Shield could have been the worst game ever made, but that doesn't take away what Junichi Masuda and Ken sugamari and the rest of the team at Game Freak have done for the last twenty so years. Like it's just it's just nuts to me. But yeah. So th- that was one of the darkest times in the Pokemon in the Pokemon fan base, and I think it's a time we all have to think back to it just like, all right, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. Whether that's in the Pokemon fan base, whether that's in overall Nintendo fan base or just gaming at large, we can't react so hardly to something that is not released quite frankly. And, you know, changes, they can be hard. And while at surface value, like restricting the Pokemon isn't like the best thing, it's like, oh, this sucks, but you got to, got to think about it more from the producer's point of view. You've got to think about it from what they can create in that certain amount of time. And especially for future-proofing how, you know, when there's a thousand plus Pokemon, they can't keep including them, including them, including them. Like one day there will be 2,000 Pokemon. <laughs> one day there might be 3,000 Pokemon. Like this series isn't going anywhere. And the biggest marketing beat they have is brand new Pokemon. So they're not going to stop anytime soon. They have sort of reduced the amount of new Pokemon every generation to about 80. So brand new Pokemon instead of 100, instead of 156 from uh, generation five, but it's something we got to keep in mind. So with the recent announcement of like, um, uh, was it Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? When I first saw that, I'm like, yeah, you know, it really didn't float my boat necessarily. I'm like, oh man, like the chibi style is fine, but sort of the the art style and battle and that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really like it that much, but I learned my lesson from um, Sword and Shield where it's like, just wait till you play the game. At very least, you're going to be like, that was fun. It wasn't uh, exactly what I wanted it to be. I'd prefer it to be like a, in the Sword and Shield engine with like a wild area type of thing and having like the 3D models being like normal sized and all that. Like that is personally what I'd like to see, but it's not what it's going to be and it's going to be fun regardless. So if it's just one playthrough or if it's awesome and it's a million playthroughs, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, you just got to take it with what it is. If you really don't like it, you don't have to buy it. So that's fine. But ultimately, Pokemon Sword and Shield, it's sold. It's, it's like the third best-selling game in the series. It's the first game to break 20 million since gold and silver on the Game Boy Color, which is... Such a huge achievement, and it kind of shows you that the outrage kind of meant nothing. Um, But moving on to Pokemon Legends in 2022, it's going to be interesting to see whether those people, they come back and that Pokemon Legends breaks 20 million a lot faster than Sword and Shield does, or maybe it looks too different. And since there's only one version, it doesn't sell as well, which is, uh, I don't know, it might be another black and white too, where they put in a lot of effort and Make a really awesome game, but sort of don't get rewarded in sales, so they go back to what did what did work for them. But yeah, just an interesting take on uh, 2019 because that was a hard year to cover as a Nintendo podcaster and as a big fan of of Pokemon. But it's a lesson I've taken: don't react so brashly and just relax. Because at the end of the day, I think um, Game Freak are going to make some absolutely fantastic games. So so yeah. Anyway, guys, guys, I've just recorded another two hours. Um, I've just come off the Unova episode. So I've been talking to my microphone for a long time. But if you enjoy this podcast, maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash to watch the video version. Helps out a lot. So thank you very much. All right, guys, until next time, the doors to the House of Mario Encore are closed.